This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris is out for tonight. He will be back. He will be back tomorrow, Friday. Uh, Friday, we've got a uh, we've we've got um got something special on Friday. Uh, you, you know, we have obviously we're a radio station. We broadcast through the radio, but we also broadcast through our WBSM app and on WBSM.com. And we have an expanding digital footprint. You know, we've got the podcasts out, which you can listen to on WBSM, uh, WBSM.com, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where podcasts are offered. So we have an expanding digital footprint. So um, what we're doing on Friday is... We, we are going to have an internet-exclusive uh, show with Chris and I. Um, we all know you like love listening to South Coast Tonight, and we want you to listen to South Coast Tonight, however you're able to. But, we, you know, we have the, we carry the Pats. We're the number one South Coast um, – uh, re- we're the number one South Coast radio station for the Patriots. Uh, so they're going to be broadcasting – we're going to be broadcasting the Pats game, but we want to keep the show going. So we're going to have an inter- internet-exclusive show. Um, so if you don't have the app, you can download it. If you don't want to download the app, you can go to WBSM.com and listen and really enjoy the, uh, digital experience of listening to WBSM. Uh, the good thing about that is, and you know, listen, I I turn on the radio a lot of the times I have a radio in my house, but most of the time when I'm listening, uh, during the day, you know, when I'm not on, uh, I have the app on, I have it on my phone. Uh, you know, if I'm outside walking my cat, yes, I do walk my cat when I'm outside walking my cat or when I'm going about my business at home, when I'm doing some work at home, I, t- I always have the WBSM app on. So I'm listening to Tim, I'm listening to Barry, I'm listening to Phil. You know, and on the weekend, I'm listening to Jess, Brian, Ken, right, Jose. I'm listening to all, I'm listening to our programming. And then on Sundays, on my Sunday drive, even though I have the radio in my car, oftentimes I will... Just put the app on and Bluetooth with my phone, right? So I'll be listening to Jim on Sunday on the app, even though I'm in my car. So it's an internet only, it's an internet exclusive show. Um, it's going to be fun. Chris and I will have a good time. Our Friday night shows are a lot of fun. We know you love them too. And so we want to be able to give you guys the Patriots and give you guys South Coast tonight. And we want. You know, we want to have our we want to have our listeners that may not be used to um, experiencing WBSM digitally to have the opportunity to do so. So this Friday we will be on the WBSM app, and we will be on and we will be on uh, WBSM.com. You can stream us today. I'm available in all formats, and you can call me at five zero eight nine nine six. 0500, that's how you can get in the program. So, 
Uh, we've got a good show ahead for you today. Chris will be back tomorrow for that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we've got a good show for you today. Last night I thought was great. Uh, today we've got council post game. So Ian Abreu, uh, city council president, and you're going to hear him on Tim's tomorrow, I know, but he's going to be able to give an immediate reaction to the uh, city council meeting that's happening tonight. And there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's something in particular that Chris and I have found in the, in the city council meeting that we think is interesting. And so we're looking forward to we're looking forward to um, uh, talking about it. So I've asked Ian about it in particular. He's going to talk about it. It's something that we're going to talk about going forward. It's kind of a big deal. Or it could potentially be a big deal. So it's something Chris and I found in the meeting agenda. We're going to have Ian talk about it. He'll talk about some other stuff when he's on with Tim tomorrow, but we're going to get live reactions from Ian after the meeting today for Council Post Game. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Um, yeah, so Ian will be on later. Last night I thought was really good. Last night we had the debate, the primary de- Well, first we had Quentin Palfrey on. So Quentin Palfrey for Attorney General. He was on. I've had Shannon Liss Reardon on as well. Uh, those two candidates for Attorney General. I've talked with Andrea Campbell. We're hopefully getting her on uh, before the primary as well. But we, I talked to Quentin Palfrey from 730 to 8. Uh, I thought he was really good. He had a good platform. His, you know, he was talking about his experience. He's worked in the attorney general's office before. Uh, what I thought was particularly interesting, what he's, what he had, you know, one of his campaign tenants, which I don't think Andrea Campbell or Shanless Reardon have uh, explicitly said, or I haven't heard them. Then maybe they have, uh, is that he wants to, he wants to find bad actors. Uh, he wants to find bad actors on Beacon Hill. And investigate bad a- bad actors on Beacon Hill and bad actors in government. So, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And he, you know, he positioned. He said, uh, "I haven't, you know, I haven't. Uh, I'm, you know, he, he said I'm removed from Beacon Hill. I haven't been endorsed by many people or anybody from Beacon Hill. And so uh, that'll allow me to have some independence from from Beacon Hill and endorse the uh, and and uh, investigate the legislature." Five zero eight nine nine six. 0500 is how you can get on the program. So after we had, after we had, um, after we had Quentin Palfrey, we had the three candidates for attorney general come in. I mean, attorney general. See, I did that last night. Three candidates for Bristol County Sheriff in the Democratic primary. As you know, Tom Hodgson, the long tenured uh, Republican sheriff, he is running unopposed on the pri- uh, Republican primary because why wouldn't he? Everybody likes him. He always wins his elections. He always uh, prevails in his uh, in his elections. But these three Democrats that um, came and debated here last night, they believe each of them. They believe they can beat Hodgson this time. I think local Democrats do see an opportunity uh, for a couple reasons. One is that uh, I think there's, you know, Tom uh, Tom Hodgson has tied himself to uh, Donald Trump, right? Has made his uh, relationship with Donald Trump, his friendship with Donald Trump, uh, or at least professional relationship with Donald Trump, very well known. Uh, you know, he has a couple of, I think, bad headlines, the uh, ICE Detention Center um, confrontation, the lawsuit that was filed against him, uh, the lawsuit that was filed against him recently, um, and I think a lot of people, obviously, even if they, uh, you know, even people that like Trump have soured on him. So there's a lot of anti-Trump, I think, animus around here. 
And so I think local Democrats see an opportunity. Uh, and so one of these three Democrats is going to face Hodge in the fall. And you know what I said? I said before the debate, and that ended up being correct. I said before the debate, uh, I said the most important issue in this debate between these three candidates. Now, that's Mayor Paul Haru. He's the mayor of Attleboro. He's a state rep. I mean, he's the mayor of Attleboro. He's a former state rep. Um, he's been in elected office for the last eight or so years. Well, the last 10 years, actually. Um, George McNeil, he's been a uh, he's been a high-ranking police officer for 37 years. He's, he was the chief of the Somerset Police Department. Uh, now, he, he was actually my professor in college, too. And now he works with uh, police stations to help them get accredited. And Nick Bernier, who's an attorney, he was a prosecutor. Um, he ran for governor's council. Uh, and I think it was the the closest recount in the history of the Commonwealth. Uh, I think he lost 37 votes uh, in the governor's council race, which is, I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's really something because governor's council is like you, your territory as a governor's counselor uh, for this district. And I think we're district one is from like Seekonk to P-Town. It's a huge, huge municipality. So, um, he, you know, and he's worked with a lot of community leaders who have endorsed him, like Mike Rodericks, like Tom, uh, Mike Rodericks, Senate Chairman of Ways and Means, like Tom Hoy, former mayor of Taunton in the Register of Probate. He mentioned John Saunders as someone who was, who, was, who helped him get signatures. Uh, got the current governor's counselor, Joe Ferreira, uh, is working with him as well, so he's got a lot of support. Those three candidates have each made their case, each tried to make their case that they're the guy that beat Hodgson. That's the most that was the most important issue in this debate is that they had to show that they were the guy to beat Hodgson. Why? How can you beat Hodgson? Why can you beat Hodgson? What about you makes you the best candidate to take him on? Because Tom Hodgson is a well-funded and long tenured incumbent. And if you, you know, if you want to hear that, if you miss parts of the debate and you want to hear it, you can check it out on the podcast option. I have a column about the, the debate on WBSM.com. I think they, I think each candidate did well to keep time and make their points. Um, but I said this before and I'll say it again. I think each candidate did well to, and I think they're all good people. They're all, they're all good people, um, who sincerely believe that they can bring a lot to the sheriff's office and they're, um, and they are, you know, they've all done good work in the community. Um, but I think the candidate that separated himself from the rest of them last night, I think was, was Mayor Haru. I think he did the best job. I mean, he immediately separated himself when he'd said, when he had said to Bernier and McNeil, um, I've raised $84,000 with over 700 donations, right? I've raised eight, over $84,000 with over 700 donations. Then he said, you know, Nick Bernier's raised, you know, he told Nick Bernier, you've raised $30,000 with, um, with, I think, uh, 170 donations. And McNeil uh, is mostly self-funding around $20,000 he's raised. And he had about $900 on hand. He said he put 6000 in his his account of his own money. Um, Bernier says he's self-funding a little bit, but can't to the extent of McNeil. But I think, you know, the 
how you win a campaign against a guy like Hodgson is you got to raise a lot of money. And he's raised $84,000. And he made that clear. And he also made clear the fact that he's a mayor. So he's run a city, you know, he's run a city with a $124 million budget. He said, he also said he's a state rep. Uh, he was a state rep. He's won all of his elections and he's beaten incumbents. He beat a 14 year incumbent to become mayor of Attleboro. Um, now, you know, I thought Bernier had a decent point about, you know, running a good campaign in Bristol County, right? He said he did well in Bristol County when he ran for governor's council, but he didn't do as well uh, on the Cape, and that's what killed him. Um, but Paul Drew's still been elected. It, it's, I think it's different. I think when you're presenting yourself as someone who's a mayor and who was a state rep, right, and someone with corrections experience, he's been an administrator at a jail. And I thought he made all those points really well. Again, I think all three gentlemen did a good job. I think all three gentlemen did a good job, but I thought Paul, I thought Haru, I thought Haru did the best job. I thought he did the best job. I thought, he, you know, the, the primary question on the debate was who is the best candidate to go toe-to-toe with Hodgson. And the point Haru made, and and listen, you know, Nick Bernie has gotten a lot of support, right? And he wouldn't have gotten that support if he wasn't a well-known guy who has done a lot of great work in the community. Tom Hoy, the Register of Probate, right, and the uh, mayor of Taunton, he's a great guy. Uh, Cha- uh, chairman Mike Rogers, the chairman of uh, the of the Ways and Means Committee in the uh, in the Senate, so he writes the budget every year, right, doing a lot of good work. Um, Carol Fiola, state rep. Carol Fiola was a governor's counselor, counselor beforehand. Um, and he said John Saunders helped him get signatures. Now, what was interesting about that is when he said John Saunders helped him get signatures, uh, someone called in and called him out on that and said, well, I've known John Saunders to be a donor and a, uh, a supporter of Sheriff Hodgson and vice versa, right? That's what the caller said to Nick. And Nick said, oh, he just helped me get signatures. He didn't help me. You know, he's not a, he's not endorsing, he's not endorsing me. He just helped me get signatures. Um, which, I don't know. I see as a distinction without a difference. But, I mean, John Saunders obviously is pretty, is a very successful campaigner countywide. So, of course, Nick would want to, um, want to, uh, you know, attach his name to John Saunders. And if John, if John helped him get signatures, I think that's fair. Uh, George McNeil came in from, for some abuse from the callers. Uh, people from Somerset called in, said some not so nice things to him, accused him of doing some bad things and uh, said he was fired. And, you know, I think he framed it in a way that I think made sense to me. And, you know, with the caveat that I don't know much about Somerset politics, I know Somerset has been a politically fraught place for some time. I know there's been a lot of overturning the select board. Select board members have resigned. Like he said, he got uh, he didn't he got a non renewal of his contract with a two and zero vote because one of the members of the select board resigned. I know there's been a lot of overturn there in their select board. I know a lot of that animosity has to do with Brayton Point, which Biden, which Biden actually went to. Uh, like a, a month ago now, right? Uh, it had to do with the future of the Brayton Point site, you know, the old coal fire power plant. So, 
Um, he framed his, I think, his exit as chief as they didn't renew him his contract. They never met with me. He said he got high marks from the town administrator and all that. That his answer was good. I think he framed it as he was a victim of the political environment uh, in Somerset, which, again, from my understanding, and Jess knows, but Machado knows better than me. I don't. She lives there. I don't live there. But it seems to me, just as an outside observer of, you know, reading what's going on and hearing about what's going on, it seems like a very politically fraught environment over there. Uh, over there. A lot of overturn on the select board, select board members, you know, resigning. So I think he did, I think he did as best as he could with those, you know, with those unflattering calls. And then there were calls, uh, you know, that were talking about, you know, how, you know, what experiences do you have? Like, how can you take on Hodgson? And again, the primary issue is because I think, I think policy wise, there's very little difference between the candidates. There's very little difference between the candidates policy wise. I think they all agree, you know, their, their central points are. One that Hodgson's, you know, uh, tough on crime approach is hardline conservative policies and approach to corrections. They feel is not doing enough to ensure that people are in the best position they can be when they're released. Which means, basically. You know, they don't want to reduce, he's not reducing recidivism. Recidivism was a word that gets thrown out, uh, around a lot. Re- recidivism is basically someone, the rate at which people reoffend. If someone recidivates, that means they've been released from prison and they've reoffended. Now, there's a few definitions, uh, you know, there's a few, I think, definitions that get floated around. But basically, if someone um, reoffends and ends up back in prison, then they've recidivated. That's recidivism. So what they're saying is he's not doing enough. He's not doing enough to prevent people from be from reoffending, from putting people in the best possible situation. Like you're there and it's a jail, right? So it's not a prison. It's not like a state prison. You're not getting a lot of people that have done some really, really horrible stuff. They might be there being held, right? But there's no one being sentenced there that's done some really terrible things for the most part. It's not always true. But what they're saying is the community isn't safer if people are just reoffending. That's not making the community safer. What they're saying is being mean to prisoners or having a hard, more of a hardline stance is not making the community safer. Now, Sheriff Hodgson, I've had on here, I've had on my old show, you know, I've had him on here with Chris, had him on my old show. You know, he talked about a lot of programs that they're doing and what Mayor Haru had said, uh, some, again, with some corrections experience, said, well, they're not, he's not doing enough to measure those programs to see if they're successful. And that's something I think, you know, one of the candidates will have to have out with Sheriff Hodgson. We'll have to have out with uh, Sheriff Hodgson when they emerge uh, victorious in the September 6th primary. Remember, this: the primary September 6th. And so what I thought was interesting about yesterday is that a lot of those callers that I got yesterday and the, call, the, the lines were off the hook, right? I couldn't get all the callers through. The lines were off the hook yesterday. Uh, there was a lot of callers from all over the county. We had callers from Attleboro. We had callers from other places, right? And... Um, they all seemed, with the exception of one, maybe two, 
they all seem to be interested in voting in this primary. So there's, I know there's a lot of people deciding, trying to decide who to vote for. So it's important too. It's important. You know, one of these, one of these four people, Hod, Sheriff Hodgson, Paul Haru, George McNeil, Nick Bernie, or one of these four people is going to be your sheriff for the next six years. That's a long time. Think of where we were six years ago. Six years ago, we couldn't even imagine. Six years ago today, we couldn't even imagine Trump being president, right? We couldn't even imagine it. And now we're thinking he might be president again. So um, I thought it was a really good debate. I thought they all did well. I think they, they were nice to each other. They were really nice to each other because they didn't want to disparage each other. My opinion on that is, you know, you don't want to use give people fodder for the, you know, in a primary. You don't want to give people fodder for the, the their opponents. And it's like someone as well financed as Sheriff Hodgson is gonna have what he's gonna have. He's gonna find out whatever. He's gonna find. He's not gonna be like, oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna use that. He's gonna find out whatever he's gonna find out. He's got a lot of money. He can figure it out, right? I, I never that that never. That's the, I, I think people maybe appreciate more civility if you're on the same side. That might be part of it. Maybe they appreciate that a little bit more. But I never thought, oh, well, if it's a brutal primary, they're going to do worse in the, in the general. I, I just, I don't know. I don't think that's true. Again, because your opponent's going to, if you've got a good opponent, they're going to find out what they're going to find out on you anyway. 508 996 0500 is how you can get on. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? What's up, Tom? Well, I, I listened to the debate last night. By the way, congratulations. That was a tremendous format that, that you presented there. Thank you. Uh, so th- these guys could uh, uh, express who they were. And we learned a lot about them. You know, we did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed thoroughly the thing. And, and I, I got to agree with you. I think Mr. Hero uh, won uh, that uh, yeah. scene, if you will. Absolutely. I, the, the only thing I didn't like, and I like the cop too, the the, the, the chief there. He he was pretty good. McNeil, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that somebody that he would bring in, you know, as, as a staff person or something. You know, I think that, that his philosophy on things was pretty good too. But Bernier, you know, I'm not going to let him get away with it. He presented and thought he could get away with having Saunders endorsing him. Total and name drop. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like guys like that. <laughs> that, that. That distorts what the reality is. And, and particularly for, uh, you know, you're running for sheriff. You, you can't have that type of distortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a polished guy. And I, I think he thought he might get away with it. He didn't understand the WBSM listening audience. So Yeah, right. I'm glad, exactly. I'm, I'm kind of glad he got called on that one. But the format was tremendous. And on the attorney general thing, I, I like that the first guy you had on there. He, uh, I, I think he said he was with the Obama administration, right? Yeah, Quentin, that, Quentin yeah. Palfrey. Yeah, he worked for Obama yeah. and then he worked for Biden as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was uh, he, he was pretty thorough. And, he was. And, man, he, he, the experience there is, is unbelievable. It, yeah. So uh, I, I think in this state, he, he's going to be the winner. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Hero uh, will be able to uh, counter. Uh, Sheriff Hodgson, not so much in the cities. I think the cities, traditionally, Hodgson, you know, he, when he does have a candidate, they try to keep pace with him in the cities, then he clobbers him 
in the suburbs. And, yeah. and if Hero can figure out that one, then it's going to be one heck of a race. Well, so that's uh, that's what I'm thinking is that I think Hodgson does well in a lot of those suburbs that we don't even think of as being part of our county because we live down here, like Norton and, right. and Easton and and Dighton and, and Seekonk and all that, right? But he, that's where that's his that's his territory, right? That's that's home field yep. for him. So I yep. wonder if that's going to I wonder if that's going to help him at all. Well, this time around, it may be a little different. You know, if this guy, he will campaigns because he's certainly, uh, in, in my view, because I was always a street campaigner kind of thing. Right. Uh, but with, with his signs mm-hmm. and uh, he has a professional delivery on things, he, he, he presents himself as a winner, which he is. Yeah. And uh, if he can figure out the suburbs, then I think we've got a race. If he can't, that's where people get clobbered. Yeah. You know, Tom has been in there 25 years, and, and most of the time at the end of the night, you look at the suburbs and you go, wow, you got 82% of the vote. <laughs> the suburbs like is where, where all the – I mean, basically all the, the elections are won and lost, too, for, like, nationally, too. You know, everybody talks about the Rust Belt, but really the, the suburbs are where – where the election, where the real battle is, that's the that's the new frontier for for elections. And yeah, he does he does really what he does do really well there. It's a, it's a tall order either way, but that's why I, I that's why I think Peru presented himself as as the guy. Yep. Uh, last question: uh, You were saying that the uh, president of the council is he going to be on tonight? Yeah, Ian will be on after the meeting's over. He's going to call in. Um, okay. I, you know, it's it's whenever it's over, uh, he's going to text me. So. Yeah, there was a couple of things that uh, I was informed about that were kind of interesting, particularly with the uh, the uh, licensing board change. And, uh, yeah, I that was interesting. Yeah, yeah I thought I think that's interesting. I heard that that might not be successful, but I heard from somebody that that might not be successful today because that's going to go for a confirmation vote, I believe. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see. I'll definitely ask him about that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But congratulations again. I'm sorry I won't be able to listen tomorrow. Uh, I've never even sent a text message. <laughs> it's so, okay. It's uh, internet is like foreign language to me. So uh, I like it the other way. I like the natural order of things. But uh, yeah, so good show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. Yeah, I mean, listen, I. Uh, you know, if I can broadcast, I, I will. I would like to have myself in as many mediums as possible, right? Um, but I just want to, you know, I think the station's looking to expand. If you're able to, if not, you know, I'll catch you Monday, right? If you're able to, great. If not, I'll catch you Monday. But I think if you download the app, you're going to like it. I think if you stream on WBSM.com, you're going to like it. 508-996-0500. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Saunders name drop I thought was interesting because um, I got a text from somebody actually uh, after that. Someone said that to me, said, hmm, like that sounds interesting. You know, someone said, that's in, that, that's that's interesting because I've known Saunders and Hodgson to be friendly and supporting each other. And then someone called in. Like like Tom said, that's that's why we have such a great talk radio audience. People know what's going on. So someone called in and called him on it. But uh, yeah, he just said he helped them get signatures. I I mean I don't know. That's it, it was a name drop. I mean 
you know, he's trying to make his case, saying he's got all the support and he does have a lot of good support. But yeah, it might have been a bit of an error. Um, the other thing, and this isn't to beat up on anybody, uh, I don't think. So the civility is nice. People want to be nice and and friendly and all that. And don't get me wrong, I did try to. I tried, right? I tried to. I tried to prod a little bit and see if they, you know. I, I I put out some bait to see if anybody would pounce, and no one really did. They didn't want to do that. That's not the way they wanted us to debate. That's fine. I thought it was a great debate anyway. Clearly, as uh, college do as well. But I don't think it behooves anyone to be nice to Hodgson uh, in this primary debate or in this election. Because uh, if you want to beat somebody who's been there for a long time. You have to, and he's, you know, you know, what Bernie was saying is, you know, Hodgson's a gentleman and all that. And, and yeah, he's very personable for sure. He's, he is, he's always been very polite to me as well. Um, he is, he's always been a gentleman, right? When I've, when I've spoken with him, when he's been in the studio, but if you want to beat him, if you want to, you know, if you're running a, if you're running a campaign against the well-financed 25 year incumbent, he, there's no kumbayas. I'm sorry. He won't return the favor to his opponents, right? He won't return the favor, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You're coming for his job. You're coming for his job. So act like you're coming for his job. That's the way I feel. Act like you're coming for his job because you are. But overall, I thought the three gentlemen did well. I thought the three gentlemen did well. I thought Haru presented himself as the best candidate. I guess the college did as well. I've heard that from other. I've heard that from other people who have talked to me after the um, after the debate. Um, and we'll see on September 6th, you know, uh, I do think Bernie's got a good ground game. Uh, I haven't seen much of McNeil. Maybe he's more, uh, maybe he's more, uh, like McNeil's signage and all that. I saw one in Fairhaven. I haven't seen much else beside that. Maybe he's got a bit more presence elsewhere in the County that I'm not seeing. But uh, again, I thought one candidate, uh, separated themselves, um, from the rest last night. I think that was clear. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Night with Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. 1420 W. Night, I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the show tonight. Uh, Chris will be back tomorrow. Again, we're doing an app and internet exclusive show tomorrow. So if you are able to stream uh, the it on WBSM.com or download the app, I think you should. Um, you know, we're the number one home for the Patriots here in the South Coast. So you get to listen to the Patriots if you want. And we are expanding our digital footprint. So we want you to be able to enjoy our content uh, digitally as well. Again, it's the way I like to do it. It's the way I typically prefer uh, to listen to WBSM, even when I'm in the car, because uh, because um, there's no chance of any signal stuff. Signals are weird, right? Signals are weird. A lot of people have the radio and they just listen to the radio, like uh, like Tom, and that's cool. That's great. But we'll be Friday doing um, an app exclusive or internet exclusive show, and we hope you can join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Chris and I always have a good time, uh, and you and I can have a good time tonight at 508-996-0500. You know, I talked about the Bristol County Sheriff's Debate, uh, you know, uh, Nick Bernier, Paul Haru, uh, George McNeil. I think they're all good people. I think they all have done a lot of good work in public service. I just think Paul Haru did the best job last night. I think he presented the best, art, the best case 
because because the case you had to make last night and the case you have to make to the voters, I think, if you're in a Democratic primary, is who's the best guy to face a well-financed and long-tenured incumbent in Tom Hodgson. I think Haru made that case. I think he made that case better than the other two. Not to say the two didn't make a case. I think they did. I think they did fine. But I think Haru did the best. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Uh, a little bit na- a little bit of national stuff. You know, I, I heard Barry react to this uh, earlier this afternoon. I got to read up on it a little bit. Uh, the um, The federal judge... Reinhardt, who I believe who I, who I believe authorized the the warrant um, in the Southern District of Florida. He looks like he's going to be ready to unseal the warrant av- affidavit, a redacted version, at the objection of the federal government. So they were okay with releasing the warrant and the receipt, but they don't want to release. The warrant affidavit. Now, the warrant affidavit, as I've told you before, is basically the case you're making to uh, a judge or magistrate of why this warrant should be authorized, why there's probable cause that a crime has been committed, and that the evidence of that crime uh, is in the places to be searched. And judges can typically, they know, they can sign off on it, which they usually do. Or they can they can narrow the scope of it. So you can only search here and here, right? But uh, typically, um, you know, if you, if you present, uh, typically, you know, if you, when you have a warrant case, the, the defense attorneys get a copy of the aff- affidavit, right? Uh, and obviously the government does, but that's not necessarily public record. That's not necessarily public record. Now, the federal government wants to wants to keep it sealed. They want to keep it under seal. They don't even want to release a redacted version because what they're saying is a redacted, even a redacted version is a roadmap to is a roadmap to the investigation. They think it's going to reveal what they're investigating, which would allow the people investigated to uh, have a leg up, and they believe it's going to reveal who the witnesses are. It's going to reveal who the witnesses are. So they made the case. They had a national security prosecutor make the case in federal court. The Associated Press and the media were the ones petitioning because they think there's an overriding public interest, and they're saying you can't trust what you can't see, right? And the overriding public interest was actually the reasoning for unsealing the warrant and the receipt, but they wanted the affidavit sealed. Now, what the judge said was, this is the most recent uh, news that I've seen on it. What the judge has said was he asked the federal government to send him redacted versions of the warrant affidavit. That doesn't mean he's authorizing it, but it looks like he's inclined to authorize it because what he's saying is, let me see what you got. Show me how much, show me what version, what, what, how, what type of redactions you can make to this warrant affidavit to see if it can be released. So they're going to have to present it to him. And then he can approve some redacted version of that warrant. 
It's still not entirely clear. They're talking about nuclear secrets. You know how there could have been nuclear secrets. Now what's being brought up is a 2019 investigation, a 2019 accusation by the House Oversight Committee, uh, which was chaired and still chaired, I believe, by Adam Schiff from California. The House, uh, the the no, the Adam Schiff's House Intelligence. I forget who's oversight. Is it Nadler? Uh, someone, someone can text me, or someone can call in and tell me who the House Oversight Committee chair is, because Schiff's Intelligence, right? And is it Jerry Nadler from New York? House Oversight Committee is. Oh, Carolyn Maloney from New York. Carolyn Maloney from New York. She actually, wait, is she the, is she the chair? Yep, she is the chair. Carolyn Maloney's been there for a long time. She actually almost lost re-election. It was really close. Yeah, yeah, it's Carolyn Maloney. She almost lost re-election. It was really, really close. She was, because, yeah, Elijah Cummings was the chair. Okay, all right, that makes sense to me now. Yeah. Yeah, she barely got reelected uh in twenty twenty. That was the Jamal Bowman one against what's his name? I already forgot his name. He's been there for a long time too. Yeah. So there was actually a few um there uh what's his name right, the other guy. There was a few New York congressmen that got knocked off uh in in uh in 2020, there was a few of them. Then, of course, Ocasio-Cortez in 2018 uh, knocked off Joe Crowley. So a lot. that's interesting. You know, that's neither here nor there at this point. But there's a significant faction of the New York delegation in the last few years that's been primaried and lost. But Carolyn Maloney's the chair of the House Oversight Committee. They had an investigation into, into Trump potentially selling nuclear secrets to the Saudis to the Saudi government, selling nuclear technology to the Saudis, which is a horrifying revelation. Uh, and now there's now there's basically, I think, speculation or more that that is the case that they're investigating here. All right, 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight with Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. 1420 WBS. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. We're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Taking your message on the app chat. If, uh, so I'm trying to get better at app chat, guys. So if you send me a message, uh, one of the things I'm going to ask you to do is just be specific because uh, I'm not necessarily reading. I've got a lot of got a lot of buttons and knobs here that i got to deal with in the phone lines and all that so don't assume when i'm when you're sending me a message that i'm that that i'm able to read it in real time so if you could clarify and i'll ask you to clarify but if you could send me a clear message a clear specific message about what you're talking about um you know naming people and uh you know kind of what you're talking about then i will be able to answer it and talk on air about it and respond to it. Cause I want to, if you guys, you know, I appreciate you guys coming, messaging me, interacting with the show through our digital medium. That's what we're, you know, we're trying to do. That's why we're doing the, you know, we're doing the um, internet exclusive show tomorrow. Uh, but I need to, I need to know what we're talking about. So um, just make sure you can 
be a little more clear. Again, I'll ask you to clarify. I'll send you a message asking to clarify. But if you could just assume I can't, I'm unable to read in real time what you're saying. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Uh, we were talking about the Trump Mar-a-Lago saga, we'll call it, after the FBI searched his home. The Warren affidavit is being unsealed, or it looks like it might be unsealed. The judge, Bruce Reinhardt, in the Southern District of Florida, who I believe authorized the warrant, has said he's going to ask for a redacted, ver- ask, he's asked the government to provide redacted versions for him to review. So he could read those redacted versions and say, you know what, too risky, right? You know what, too risky, you're right. It's, I can't, um, I can't do it. Or he might say, all right, let's go. Send it. Send it. Hit the printers. It's going out. Uh, not sure. It was the media that petitioned for it. It was the media that petitioned for it. They want to know. Which kind of debunks the whole theory that the media is in on it. And that that's just a big conspiracy against Trump. But 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM.